Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, from the state of North Carolina, with my co-host, Lynn McMillian, from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Cordo from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we are grateful that you're tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We've asked you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. You can call Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks. Get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. So before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask you to bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, on the show this evening as he breaks unto our listeners the bread of life. We also ask your blessings upon his family that supports his efforts that that he may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuned in this radio broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you 
and their soul salvation, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speaker for this evening is Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Brower Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, and his subject, what it means to wait on God. Good evening, uh, my friends, brothers and sisters, visitors who are sharing with us uh, in these lessons. This week, we want to thank Brother Stevie B for... Uh, putting on these great men of God to talk about uh, their faith in Jesus Christ. So, Stevie, we pray much for you and your family and hope all is well and will continue to be well with you uh, and your ministry. Last time we were on, uh, we were talking about uh, waiting on God. Uh, As you know, waiting on God is not an easy task for some of us to operate under. And God has his own mind. He says that as far as the heaven is from the earth, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And so the wait is possible. Uh, and it, it, is only, uh, it is only possible and it, it is only achievable when we know who uh, God is. Let's briefly go into what we talked about last week as we gave a de- the definition uh, of waiting on God. It, no one likes delays. And our trip that we talked about last time uh, to Suriname, uh, we had a lot of delays. And those delays caused us to get frustrated, caused us to, you know, uh, just lose our minds practically. But none of that diminishes the pain that we feel uh, as days pass and uh, as we continue to struggle with our hopes and our fears and the things that we want from uh, this life. Uh, But whether it's the hours that throw off our plans caused by late planes, unyielding traffic jams, late buses, uh, the days and weeks that cause this uncertainty, waiting on medical test results or decisions made by those outside our sphere of influence or the years and decades we suffer through wondering if God will ever full promises to us. Uh, it's It's human to feel frustrated anxious, and even if our hopes are dying within us, uh, it's okay because God is with us. David cried out, how long, O Lord? Anybody here ever cried out, how long, O Lord? Uh, I'm raising my hand, so I hope you all are too. But he said, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take uh, counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day. Now, waiting on God, again, is one of the most difficult lessons to learn. It's one of the most, and if, and if any preachers, you know, honest about his ministry, uh, he would agree with me by saying that waiting on Lord, waiting on God is one of the most difficult lessons to learn. It is the most difficult lesson to learn. 
Now, I'm sure that David, there was a lot of pain in his heart uh, when he was crying out to the Lord. How long, oh, Lord, uh, am I going to have to go with this or go through this? Uh, Waiting on God is one of the most difficult lessons you and I uh, will ever have to learn. So last week, again, we talked about, you know, when things become dark, uh, how do you uh, or how do we stay uh, on track? And if you're listening with us today, perhaps you are experiencing some devastating difficulties uh, that are going that you're going through, that you are experiencing, and we hope that this lesson will help you understand what it means uh, to wait on God. There are times when we find ourselves uh, in discouragement, uh, when it overwhelms us. Or when you think that God goes silent in your life, you know, prior uh, to you experiencing certain things, God was there. You could feel his presence. You knew he was there. But uh, suddenly there, there, there goes a time, there comes a time when God goes silent in your life. But, but I, I stopped by to tell you tonight that when this happens, I just want to remind you that God is up to something. Amen. God is up to something. And so last week we talked about having courage uh, when we find ourselves in situations where our delays are becoming more and more and more prevalent. When we have that courage, waiting on the Lord signifies an expectant endurance that is demonstrated by our courage. Courage is that quality that enables all of God's children, all believers, to endure suffering, to endure danger, opposition, and the challenges of life steadfastly. We can, you know, meet those challenges head on and fearlessly with confidence in God's provision and protection. Now, it's not easy to be courageous. I know that. I know it's not easy to be courageous, especially in the darkest of moments when we find ourselves being shaken to the core of our belief or in our being. But courage is a state of mind that's absolutely essential for uh, the man or woman of God to become victorious. Now, when everyone or everything looks bleak and dark and there's no hope in view, sometimes we continue to find uh, ourselves alone. But we have to continue to trust that God is in complete control. We don't give up or quit because we have faith that the Lord is still God and he has a wonderful plan for our lives. And we are willing to face adversity and forego good opportunities that offer temporary comfort in order to take hold of the very best the Lord has planned for us. So tonight, how can you stay on track? And how can you know that his purpose for your life uh, when everything seems dark and you feel alone? And how can you bravely take hold of that truth? God will take care of you. God will take care of you. There's no doubt about it. So in in looking at that, we've come to the next part of this lesson, which is uh, walking with God, God through the darkness. You can walk with God through the darkness. Now, perhaps you recall uh, the story of Joseph. Everyone knows about, or everyone should know uh, about Joseph. But 
you, you remember Joseph was a young man who understood walking through darkness uh, with courage and with determination. Now, you think you have problems. Joseph, Joseph uh, walked with God for 13 years. He waited through increasingly worsening conditions until God raised him up to be one of the most important figures uh, in Jewish history. So let's take a walk uh, down memory lane and find out what Joseph's story can relate to us uh, today or how Joseph's story can relate uh, to all of us today. I hope you have time for this. Although he was one of the 13 of his father Jacob or of his children and had 12 boys, one girl, Joseph certainly stood out among uh, his clan. He stood out among his uh, his brothers and his sister. Uh, unfortunately, though, this was not always a good thing. So if you turn to Genesis 37, it tells us that Israel, also called Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the brothers, and so they hated him. Anybody here ever felt some hate from your family members? Uh-huh. Amen. And so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up. And stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheep. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? He said, what, what, what are you talking about? Are you really going to rule over us? Is that what you're saying? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something, something that you probably already know. And that is sometimes your words and your actions can get you in trouble. Now, my daughter wrote a sermon for me many, many, many years ago called The Power of the Tongue. Sometimes you need to just keep your mouth shut on certain situations and issues. Uh, it, it Sometimes it may rule better off. But as Joseph, in, in the case of Joseph, his words got him in a lot of trouble. And this is where Joseph's trouble begins. Now, some of it, of course, he brought on himself. Uh, it, it really wasn't, I think, it, this is my point of view, it wasn't necessarily the wisest choice for him to share his, share his dream. Uh, but perhaps you can understand what it's like to grow up in a household where you are the outcast and you feel compelled to prove your worthiness. Yeah, his father and his mother loved him, but the majority of Joseph's family despised him. They didn't like him. So imagine having all those brothers uh, and your sisters and your uncles and your aunts mocking you, criticizing you uh, constantly. No matter what Joseph did, they rejected, rejected him. He couldn't do anything right. He was never right. He, never, he was never good enough. Uh, he was never acceptable. He must have felt, Joseph must have felt almost inadequate and unwanted. So, in fact, the animosity between Joseph and his brothers went so deep that they plotted to put him to death. Now, that that's a little, you know, in today's world, that's, that's sort of not new. It, we see in the news all the time where family members are plotting against each other, doing things with each other that, you know, are not nice. But they wanted to put him to death, according to Genesis 37 and 18, and they threw him in a pit 
until they could decide what to do with them. Now, looking at the brothers, they were debating the option or debating their option uh, about some uh, ways to get rid of him other than leaving him in that pit. But uh, some Midianite uh, traders came by and pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him to an Ishmaelite merchant. Now, they in turn took him to Egypt where he was purchased by Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's royal guard. Now, they're not paying attention to what they've just done to Joseph. Joseph went from being a free man among family to a slave country where he didn't know anyone and had no understanding of the language or the customs. But instead of blaming his brothers for, his, his, for, their, for their misfortune or for his misfortune, Joseph bravely made the best of his circumstances. He worked hard and was very disciplined. And in fact, Joseph excelled in all he did and became the favorite of Potiphar, who was to be a fair and reasonable master. But Joseph did very well in Potiphar's service. Now, but, but even though he's doing well, Joseph's success there was short-lived. You know, when things are going good for you, be careful. You know, there may come a time where the devil want to test you. Amen. You all know what I'm talking about. At some point, the devil's going to test you. At your highest moment, Denzel said, be careful. That's when the devil, uh, that's when the devil comes for you. So Joseph did very well in part of his service, at least for a time, but it was short-lived. Uh, Another man may have yielded to the temptation of Potiphar's wife. She tried to seduce him. Uh, most men are stronger than others, but Joseph was a faithful Hebrew who was devoted to the Lord. He rejected her advances, saying, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Uh, no one here has more authority than I do. He understood that. He, 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 he's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. He says, I'm not messing with you. you, you you're, not part of, you're not part of what he wants me to you know, protect. He said, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin. Watch this. Not against Potiphar. He said, it would be a great sin against God. Now, though Joseph acted honorably in the situation, this woman you know, kind of lost her mind. She was infuriated that he refused, uh, you know, her seductive advances towards him. So uh, what was she to do? She framed him. You know, she set him up, and he ended up, Joseph ended up in jail, and the entire situation was obviously, you know, unjust for Joseph. Uh, but Joseph was a different kind of person. Joseph could have easily... Uh, been eaten alive by bitterness. He could have been uh, eaten alive by unforgiveness and, and doubts of the Lord's goodness. You know, oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? You know, I did nothing wrong, and still I'm experiencing, you know, these bad things that are happening to me. After all, you know, he'd done what was right, and he was incarcerated for it. He's gone from a free man to a favorite servant. To a prison inmate, even though he had done nothing wrong. Track this with me. He could have been, you know, seething with resentful anger, with resentful thoughts, as most of us do. You know, why has all this evil come upon me? 
Where did I go wrong? Where is God in all this? Isn't he supposed to be with me? Why why didn't he stop, you know, why didn't he stop my brothers uh or 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 Miss Potiphar uh, from being so cruel to me? What what did I do to deserve this? You know, has the Lord forgotten what he revealed to me in my dreams? But he didn't. Joseph didn't go there. Instead, Joseph acted with courage, choosing to trust in God. And because he did that, Joseph's story doesn't end there. And that's a blessing, that your story doesn't end where the evil begins. When the time was right, God honored Joseph, and he honored him greatly. And God will do the same for you, my friend. But what I want you to take note of here is that while Joseph was in prison, he again exhibited faith by working hard, uh, making the best of his situation. My friends, while you're in your troubles, while you're in your low point, while you're in the valley, listen to me. God still looks out for you. He does. He still looks out for you and me. And because of the Father and because of his uh, working hard and, and his faith, God still blessed him. Genesis 39, 21 says, and I quote, the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. So he was, he was the prison warden so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Isn't that amazing? Even in your low point, God is still with you. God doesn't let you go. He's still there. But we have to, by faith and by courage, know that God is still watching and looking out for us. Remember that. One, God is with you. Did you notice how many times scripture spoke of the the Father's presence with Joseph? Here's a few verses. Genesis 39, 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Genesis 39 and 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Genesis 39 and 5, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. You can be blessed or you can bless someone's house just by your presence. Your job can be blessed just by your presence if we walk in the light of God. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> Genesis thirty-nine twenty-one. the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. So even Joseph was able to say, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He will do the same to you. If we maintain our faith and courage, I think I believe one of the important reasons Joseph was made uh, or was able to maintain his courage, his dignity, and optimism uh, through such severe circumstances was because he was aware of the Father's presence with him through it all. No matter how dismal the situation was, are you aware that God is with you even now? Even now, if you're experiencing something that you know is, is, is not right or something that 
you, you're trying to, to get whatever it is you're trying to get. God is with you. Don't think he's, if he's silent, he's working on something. He's working on something. Amen. So, therefore, if this is the first point that will be crucial for you to remember, as the adversary or the drama or the adversity persists in your life, you can be courageous because the Lord is with you in the darkest of times, and he will see you through. Let me repeat. The Father is with you even in the dark times, even when you think God is silent. God, it's very important that we remember this because when we encounter and we will encounter times of delays, we're going to encounter times of waiting. We often feel alone and rejected. Uh, We sense that even God has abandoned us because of this. We assess ourselves as unworthy of anything good, even the blessing God has promised us, and figure that our worthiness must be the reason. He's tarrying, he's taking his time, and he's not yet helped us out of it. Now, there may be uh, something in your life that makes you think the Father or God uh, couldn't love or bless you. Perhaps it's a bad decision, remnants of the past abuse or particular failings or an event or something that happened in your past that seems insurmountable, huge. But friend, listen, nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from God's love, Romans eight thirty eight. Remember that. Nothing can separate you from God's love. And so and you had you crush your unworthy and defeated that the Father is closest to you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Psalm thirty promises. Those who are crushed in powerful verse. The Lord is near to the broken. Those who are crushed in spirit. God's word is is full with assurances that He will never He will never abandon uh, His children. In Deuteronomy thirty one eight, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not what? Fear or be dismayed. Friends, be strong. Joshua one nine. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you, are you tracking this? Listen to what God is saying. Listen to what he's saying. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely, surely, watch that now, show enough, I will help you. Sure, hold you with my righteous right hand. God is talking here. We have no reason to be down and depressed. Matthew one twenty three, it says, they shall call his name Ishmael, which translated mean God with us. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing? That's outstanding. But listen, friends, God has not and will not abandon you. He won't abandon us. He knows exactly where we are and what we're facing during dark times. And he's walking with us. He's even walking ahead of us. 
whether you sense his presence or not. And it's a fact. He is still our protector and provider in the midst of all our situations. Therefore, whenever you begin to feel afraid, alone, rejected, unwanted, or unworthy during your season of delay, remember that the Lord God is with you. He has not deserted you, and he will never, he says it, he will never. On the same note, the reason Joseph prospered was because God blessed the work of his hand. It was not because Joseph was, you know, wise or skilled or talented uh, than the other servants. Rather, it was because the Lord caused all that he did to prosper. And the same is true for all of those or all of you who are listening tonight. It is God who makes you victorious. It is God who makes you victorious, triumphant but sadly a frequent byproduct of feeling unwanted or abandoned is how unworthy it makes us feel of our other blessings. We may not even realize that this is the case, but because of rejection by a parent or a loved one or an authority figure or what you have, we doubt our value, our identity, our abilities, and our usefulness, don't doubt them. We may even come to feel we don't deserve to be successful or have our dearest prayers answered. But scripture, my friend, Ephesians 1.3 says, our adequacy is from God. It is Jesus, our Savior, who makes us worthy of his blessings. So when you're especially disheartened, during your times of waiting, it is crucial. Remember, it is crucial for you to remember, always hold this truth close, that it's not what or who you know, the intelligence, strength, beauty, power you hold, or what you've achieved in life that matters. Your heart's desire do not hinge on you being good enough. But it is the spirit of the living God residing in you and how much of your life he actually or actively influences that will cause you to succeed. Write that down. Write that down. But this, this was certainly true of King David. I mean, King David, was, was, was he the brightest and most handsome or most able of all his brothers? No, in fact. His father, Jesse, didn't even bother to call David, call him in from, from tending to sheep when the prophet Samuel asked to see all his sons, the youngest of the household. David must not have seemed very impressive next to his seven older brothers. But remember what the Lord told Samuel as he reviewed David's elder brothers, Eli, do not look at his appearance. It doesn't matter how good he looks or how tall he is. He'd be six foot five, you know, have all those looks, uh, everything. But he says, I have rejected him. God says, I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the what? 
outward appearance. God, man looks at the outside, but God knows and God looks at the heart because it was David's love and it was David's dedication to God that made him extraordinary and eventually qualified him to be king of Israel. And I know that I'm talking to a lot of extraordinary. I know that I'm talking to, and I know that you're listening as you are uh, qualified to be the greatest in the land because God is on your side. And it is because of your love and your dedication to God that will make you successful. Now, the same was true of the disciples. They weren't the brightest, the best that Israel had to offer. Most of them were simple and unschooled fishermen. They didn't have any wealth. They didn't have any training. They had manners, influence, or, you know, they didn't have any of that. Yet people could see Jesus shining through them in a profound, inspiring way that was absolutely unmistakable. Do you have that same fire? Even the religious leaders of the day who represented the most, you know, smartest or dignified minds and had the greatest advantages of the Jewish people acknowledged the power of the disciples' words. Acts 4.13 says, if you watch it, 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 track it, it says, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. If a lot of people don't understand that as, as, as believers, as, as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, if you don't act like Jesus, how can you draw people to Christ? Okay, I'm going to leave that alone because y'all may not like that. But in other words, it was the Lord shining through them that made them extraordinary. Likewise, you are assured in Second Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. When you belong to God and when you act like when you belong to God and actively obey him, God blesses you no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are in life. God blesses you when you belong, when you belong to God. Let me move on here. My second point is you should always look your best. Do your best. Be your best as obediently and faithfully seek God. Doing so honors God. But as you commit yourself to him, you can be confident the Lord uh, does the rest. Do your part. Do your part. Do what you know the Bible says. Do what the words of God says. And God will. Uh, be with you and he will do the rest. The Father shines through you and makes you more uh, than adequate for whatever lies ahead. Now, not only is God with you, God has a purpose for you. At this point, the question that uh, usually arises is, if God is with me of my days, or when God is silent and, and, and as God is omnipotent, then why doesn't he change my circumstances? Why does why is he not changing the situation, the circumstance? Why does he allow me to suffer and wait? Well, this is the next point that you got to remember as the difficult times persist, and that is this. The Lord 
has an important purpose for the seasons of adversity you face. Let me say that again. The Lord has an important purpose for the seasons of adversity you face. Watch this. Track this with me. We can see that as we look at the rest of Joseph's story, when we left Joseph, he was in prison where he had acted, where he had achieved the favor of the chief jailer. So he was in an excellent position when Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker were incarcerated and had dreamed they had needed interpreters. And in Genesis 40, he says, when Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked Pharaoh's officials who were with them uh, in confidence in his master's house, why are you face so sad? Or why are your faces so sad today? And then they told him his dream. And Joseph, you know, told them what the dream meant. Now, you can imagine the optimism that stirred in Joseph's heart. Finally, he saw a glimmer of hope, a way out of the dungeon by helping these other guys. Perhaps the cupbearer would help him and, uh, and he could be free. And maybe his life could get back on track and those wonderful dreams he had could at long last come true. You know, here's a story of, you know, real practical situation. You tell somebody, you help somebody, and then when they get, you know, they forget about you. Anybody here, you know, other than me, go through stuff like that? You know, you help somebody who comes to you for help, and, and you give them, you know, the best advice, the best counsel that you can give them, and they take that counsel. Oh, thank you very much. You know, Doc, I appreciate that. You know, Brother Frank, you, you're, you're wonderful. You know, you're, you're very intelligent. I like that. You know, I'm going to go use that. And they use it. And they grow. But they never call you back and say, hey, man, thanks for that. You know, is there anything you can need? If you ever think, if you need anything, I'll be more than happy. You never get that. But that's okay. With you. She's still with you. But the, sadly, though, the, the wait for Joseph uh, is not over for him. Uh, the chief cup, as you remember the story, the chief cup bearer uh, completely forgot about it for two years. Can you imagine that? The cup bearer forgot about Joseph for two years. Now, you might wonder how long it was before the new, the new delay wore on Joseph's soul as the days and weeks passed through without one word from the cupbearer. But these are the postponements that make the normal person like you and me question everything, the disappointments that can send our soul reeling into despair. Once again, the anticipation of a better life seems to be crushed. It appears as if nothing will ever change, as if God has gone silent and he has forgotten about Frank Washington, as if we are doomed to the desolate state we find ourselves in. However, there are also the times that make us decide whether or not we truly believe the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many out there have doubted God? I've doubted. I mean, I'm going to tell the truth. There have been times that I have doubted that God's going to be with me in certain situations. I've done it. But then, as faith would have it, and the Holy Spirit activates and says, no, God's still with you. He's still with you. And I know God is real. I know that God is with me. But as human beings, there come times where we just truly don't believe that the Lord is with us. But whether he is real to us or merely a nice idea we cling to, the question is, do we sincerely have confidence he will work this situation out for our good? 
or is it our cynical justifier, cynicism justified? Well, I hope Brother Stevie won't mind this. I think I'm going a little bit over. Uh, I'm going to do there are five reasons for us as believers to endure dark times. I'm going to do it uh, kind of briefly here. Number one, the first reason God allows you to endure dark times is to firmly mature and establish your trust in him. When there is no visible evidence of his activity, God allows you, God allows me to endure dark times, bad situations, to firmly mature and establish our trust in him when there is no visible evidence of his activity. During those times, the person with little faith will say, the Lord has promised to help me, and I think he can, but I'm not certain he will. One with maturing faith will testify, not only do I know the Father and see what I'm going through, I'm sure he will. The Lord has promised is already accomplished on the other side of this adversity is the wonderful blessing we've yearned for, and it will even be more meaningful to us because we've held on to him through every trial and every setback. Isn't that magnificent? He's maturing you to a perfect faith. Number two, the second reason the Lord allows you to experience seasons of darkness is to prepare you. God wants to prepare you for something great. Something great is coming for you, but we have to allow those times to work with us, to prepare us. Number three, the third reason the Father permits times of darkness in your life is so others can witness his work through you. Because of all God has done in Joseph's life in those 13 dark years, testing him, stretching his faith, refining his character, uh, teaching him faithfully, it was obvious to everyone who this remarkable Hebrew man. Sometimes we don't like to be told what to do. And then we kind of miss out. But don't do that. Don't do that. Always maintain that faith that God is going to do what he will do uh, to get us out of those dark times. Uh, That's number three. Number four, uh, the fourth reason the Lord allows you to experience extended dark times uh, or times of darkness is to raise you up and place you in a position to bless others. Now, The purpose of this divine and prolonged sequence of Joseph that he experienced in Egypt trained him to be a skilled administrator and placed him where Pharaoh could utilize his talents was to save the whole world from a devastating famine. Isn't that a blessing? God is so good. All right. uh, Let me get to number five. And final reason the Lord allows you to face the pain of dark times is to change your perspective. My brothers and sisters, sometimes the reason we, you and I find ourselves at dark times is for change. But sometimes we change for a minute, and then we go back to the old lifestyle. But what God is trying to do is he's trying to help us in those dark times to change our perspective. And if we don't change our perspective, I'm sorry, we're going to end up having the same problems over and over again. Remember Joseph's dream? The young Hebrew man basically envisioned that one day his brothers would bow to him. Now, of course, as a 17-year-old boy, you probably believe that this dream was uh, confirmation, that someday he would prove himself to his family and be given the honor he felt that you know was due him. 
you know, his focus was set on his own validation, his own validation, his own plans and glory. By the, by the time Joseph's brothers traveled to Egypt looking for food, everything had changed. Standing before them was the prime minister of Egypt, Joseph. They didn't recognize him at first, but they understood later on that it was him. Joseph communicated this to his brothers saying, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Now, how many of us can, you know, tell folk who've abused us, messed over us, you know, threw us in the pit, you know, proverbial pit of life, you know, and left us to die and left us to, you know, be miserable for the rest of our lives. How many of us or how many of you out there can honestly say, hey, brother, sister, you know, I forgive you. You know, don't be grieved or angry with yourself because you sold me, you know, threw me in the bridge or threw me in the pit. How many of us can actually go and just say, I I forgive you? Now, uh, therefore, it's, it's not that you sent me there, but it was God, just as Joseph talking, but God, and he has made me a father of Pharaoh and lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Joseph recognized that it was the Lord who had engineered it all. Even the dark and painful years, God set it up for the the greater purpose of saving a whole lot of other lives. Now, like Joseph, you may have people in your life, and it may be you, who have, you know, treated you badly. You know, they've taken advantage of you, made you feel busted and disgusted and Uh, have accused you unjustly. But here's what you've got to remember, brothers and sisters, in every instance, it does you absolutely no good to focus on them, constantly replaying their wrongdoing in your mind over and over and over again, which only produces bitterness, anger, and resentment. Rather, if you are to endure courageously, the way you think about the events of your life needs to change. Like Joseph, you got to center your attention on the fact that ultimately the Lord is the one responsible for your future and all that affects it. Or as Joseph explained it, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. In other words, The Lord allowed those negative circumstances to touch you because they provided an opportunity for God to position you and me for greater blessing and to glorify himself. Hear me, brothers and sisters. If you always keep that in the forefront of your mind, you will be absolutely astonished at all God the Father shows you and accomplishes through you, course, of all your trials and all the dark times that you're going to face. Amen? Amen. I hope this lesson helps you. Sorry for going a little bit longer, uh, but I hope this lesson helps you. And I want you to remember that continue having your faith, continue uh, with courage, and stay in God's grip. God bless you, and may he bless you real good. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I come, I come to the garden, to the garden, to the garden alone. All the love 
while the dude is still on the road and the No one. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this evening. I want to thank you for tuning into our radio broadcast. And we certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on Blog Talk Radio as well as on social media, Facebook Live. We also want to thank my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He did a great job. I always like listening to uh, Dr. Frank. I can listen to him all day. I like the way he puts his lessons together. So thought-provoking and just makes you, uh, it's really convicts you to the core of your soul in our service to the Lord. And that's what it's all about. We're just trying to get to heaven the best way we can. And we have these gentlemen on our broadcast each week to give us those tools, to give us those applications from the scriptures that we can use to better uh, strengthen our resolve to serve the God of heaven through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, I certainly appreciate the efforts each week from my co-host here on this broadcast. I don't take any of this for granted because I know it's not an easy task. I want to thank you for tuning into our radio broadcast. We certainly do appreciate uh, you tuning in, and it's our prayer that the things that you heard on this broadcast have been uh, beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Thank you. 